Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's Church in Cambus Lang for the celebration of morning Mass, which is the funeral Mass for Mary Kilty. We welcome to the church our relatives who are here with us today, and especially we welcome uh, Anne and Maureen and James, and Philomena and Gerard. Uh, welcome also Neil and James's uh, relatives uh, in Australia. Uh, they'll be joined up with us uh, through this audio transmission of the Mass. Welcome all of the relatives who are here, extended family, uh, and of course all the friends of the family who are here as well. Mary herself uh, lived a long life uh, and a very good life as well, uh, and. Uh, very much a very precious and special member of her family. Today we thank God for generous and good life uh, that has touched many people uh, and today we pray especially for the repose of our soul. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I, Mary ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ have, mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, Almighty Father, our faith professes that your Son died and rose again. Mercifully grant that through this mystery, your servant Mary, who has fallen asleep in Christ, may rejoice to rise again through him, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. 
a reading from the book of Job. Job said, Ah, would that these words of mine were written down, inscribed on some monument with iron chisel and engraven tool, cut into the rock forever. This I know, that my avenger lives, and he, the last, will take his stand on earth. After my awaking, he will set me close to him, and from my flesh I shall look on God. He whom I shall see will take my part. These eyes will gaze on him and find him not aloof. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks for 
The reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. With God on our side, who can be against us? Since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up to benefit us all, we may be certain, after such a gift, that he will not refuse anything he can give. Could anyone accuse those that God has chosen? When God acquits, could anyone condemn Could Christ Jesus? No, he not only died for us, he rose from the dead, and there at God's right hand he stands and pleads for us. Nothing, therefore, can come between us and the love of Christ, even if we are troubled or worried or being persecuted or lacking food or clothes or being threatened or even attacked. These are the trials through which we triumph by the power of him who loved us. For I am certain of this, neither death nor life, no angel, no prince, nothing that exists, nothing still to come, not any power or height or depth, nor any created thing can ever come between us and the love of God made visible in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I am going now to prepare a place for you, and after I have gone and prepared your place, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Thinking about Mary today, one of the things that comes to mind is that she lived a very long life. She lived to be the age of 92 years, and that by any stretch of the imagination is a long life. 
and a lot of years. I think that she probably would have had a wry smile on her face that she'd caught up with her husband almost, lived as long a life as he did, uh, as he lived well into his 90s too. She wasn't going to be outdone by Neil. Those last years of her life uh, were spent uh, with Maureen and her husband and the family. These were years of great comfort for her. She didn't need to worry about anything. She didn't need to fret over anything. She was very much at peace. What an incredible thing it is to give another person at the twilight of their life that safety, that security and peace. In truth, it was this very care that nursed her back to health and kept her going over these years. But she also seemed to have an amazing ability in herself to keep going. Her own son, Neil, died just a few months ago, very suddenly, in Australia. The family did not tell, that, tell Mary that this had happened. Such news would have been a great shock to her and would surely have shortened her life. It's one of those strange mysteries of life, isn't it, that one can live a long life and another can live what seems a short life with so much to do. Neil's wife and family are not here, but they are with us, united in prayer and obviously thinking about us today in another side of the world, in Australia, as are James' family as well. For Mary, her faith herself uh, was all important in her life, the Mass, the prayers, the church. And today we bring her to the church once again for these final prayers of the church. And this would have meant everything to her, to see that everything was right and done as the way it should be right to the end. She was very fond of this church of St. Bride's, but she was also very fond of St. Anthony's church and still attended Mass at times over the years at St. Anthony's when she was well enough. She would be delighted that the funeral prayers are said for here, for her, her here today and the Mass is offered for her and that there are blessings for her at the end of her life because all of this mattered to her in her life as she kept her faith very close to her, very close to her heart, to great devotion to God and great devotion to Mary. There's a nice image that we're very often presented with at Mass when we come um, of great feast, uh, table being set, uh, great food being set before us and being sat down at a feast at the end of life. In our mind's eye, we can see Mary herself taking her place, entering into the spirit of the feast, where she always liked a party and a celebration. And she would have liked it even more if she had been able to smoke. <laughs> I'm not sure that you're allowed to smoke in heaven. Nobody has returned to tell us. But that great image of the feast reminds us of life's end, the feast is set for the weary traveller, that sense of a place at, of rest at the end of life and the journey. The road is not ended in sadness, but in joy and light, and that sense of reaching the point where everything and all roads lead. Faith itself wasn't an exercise of the mind for Mary, some puzzle to be worked out. It was a thing of the heart. She believed simply because she believed, 
and it was natural to her as breathing. She took great comfort from her faith, from God in her life, that she was walking with God and God was walking with her. She was untroubled by things and she had a quiet confidence throughout her life. St. Paul himself says nothing uh, can come between us and the love of God made visible in Christ. She need not be afraid of anything. And Mary herself walked with that quiet confidence throughout her life that God was in her life. Mary was born on the 28th of July, 1926, a hard year to be born, the year of the general strike, and it just occurred in May of that same year. She was one of two girls. Her sister was Philomena. Her parents were Mary and James Carville, and she had strong Irish roots, which she was always proud of. Summers in her young years were spent with her Irish relatives in Ireland. She was brought up in the east end of the city, in the Calton and in Bridgeton. She left school, as people did in those days, at the early age of 14. Her father himself was to die uh, when she was just 17 years of age, but her mother lived into her 70s. She met her future uh, husband, Neil, at Catholic uh, Dance Social Club. She was 29 years of age. She always told this story that uh, he told her that he was much younger than he was, and it was only when that she looked down at the marriage lines that she realised uh, that she was marriage, marrying a much older man. 12 years her senior. <laughs> they were to marry uh, together and to have six children, Anne and Neil and Maureen and James and Philomena and Gerard. They might have been late starters, but the grass did not grow under their feet. She was always uh, claimed uh, uh, that the one thing that she wanted most of all in her life was to be a mother. And if that had been her great desire, she certainly achieved it. She was open, kind, sympathetic, and encouraging to all of the family. And the family home was a very open home, one in which friends were welcome, and there's lots of happy memories associated with their young lives. I think in that area that they stayed in the Duke's Road, it was an area which was very settled, older neighbours, and the Kilties certainly livened it up. Family uh, growing up uh, didn't have a great deal, as many families in those days didn't, but Mary herself seemed to be able to make things stretch out. The miracle of the loaves and the fishes continued. All got fed and no one went hungry. She was always kind, attentive, putting everyone's needs before her own. The family was very important to her and she loved having the grandchildren and also those young great-grandchildren as well. She even made astonishing trips to Australia to see her two sons, their wives and their families. Um, it didn't seem to phase her very much to make that long journey, and she continued making it until she was 87 years of age, even doing a solo trip when she was the age of 90 to Wales. She had great affection also for her sister Philomena, uh, and her family, and the family simply called her by pet name Aunt Sissy. Mary herself was blessed with a very nice nature, pleasant, ha happy, 
and sympathetic to others, especially people experiencing troubles in their life. She was honest and frank too, and would state her views on things, popular, unpopular, or unpopular. But she was always good and kind, and this memory uh, of her will remain. As I mentioned to you already, she was a mighty smoker, always smoking in places where maybe she shouldn't have been smoking. She would smoke until the uh, first bell of mass would start, and then she would hurry in. I also suspect that she slipped out during mass to have a smoke. She always denied that. I never quite had the proof on her for it. And well in Lourdes, uh, uh, with the parish, she smoked like mad there too. She even set the bed on fire. <laughs> I used to tell her that she was the only person that had almost burnt Lourdes down. It didn't stop her. I suppose most of all I will remember her and all of that crazy smoking that she did. I used to say uh, that if I would let her uh, smoke in the church, she would do it, and she never denied it. I suppose as the family think of their parents uh, and their grandparents today, they were both long-lived. And what a precious thing that is to have your parents and your grandparents in your life for so long. Perhaps it might also be an indication of the future that you have strong genes and you expect, can expect to live a long life too. Who knows? For some, life is short and others, life is long. Mary's life has been a long one. A good life with much kindness and concern for others shown along the way. She was, in my eyes, always a picture of contentment. Today we've reached the end of Mary's journey and in our hearts we thank her for her kindnesses shown to many along the way. And we know that the good Lord himself who sees everything will surely reward such kindness and such goodness. The table's set. Her place is there. She's, all, she's already arrived at that place where all the roads in life lead. Please stand. We come to our loving Father, asking him to give eternal rest to the departed and comfort and hope to the living. For the family of the church, that we may grow in our faith in the power of Jesus over sin and death, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the leaders of nations, that they may promote peace and justice in the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who mourn their loss, especially the family and friends of our sister Mary, that their grief may be lightened by the risen Christ and his promise to unite us again in our heavenly home. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
for Mary, our sister, who sleeps in the Lord, that she may be raised up in the last day and receive the reward of her goodness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. In silent prayer, let us remember our personal needs and intentions. God of our salvation, you reward the just and console all those who mourn. Hear our prayers in the name of your risen Son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Please join in our hymn, I Watch the Sunrise, which is number 378 in the hymn books. I watch the sunrise lighting the sky, casting its shadows near, and on this morning, bright though it be. brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we humbly present to you these offerings, O Lord, for the salvation of your servant Mary, we beseech your mercy that she who did not doubt your son to be a most loving saviour may find in him a most merciful judge. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For even though by our own fault we perish, yet by your compassion and your grace 
when seized by death according to our sins, we are redeemed through Christ's great victory and with him called back into life. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth and before you without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in heaven. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in heaven. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them, what did you fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held as worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember Mary, your servant, whom you've called from this world to yourself. Grant that she who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him. O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We, we pray together in the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant our peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live in vain forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And now let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word of my soul shall be holy.
Let us pray. Lord God, whose Son left us in the sacrament of his body, food for the journey, mercifully grant that strengthened by it, our dear sister Mary may come to the eternal table of Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Please join in our hymn, Hail Queen of Heaven, number 309 in the hymn books.
So